Konnichiwa. Welcome to the Jandals in Japan podcast. 今日 Catherine. Konnichiwa, Jane. From from New Aotearoa. Zealand. Yeah. Hi everyone from Aotearoa, New Zealand. We're not in Japan right now, but yeah. we've uh, we've left a little episode for you to enjoy while we're away. Yeah, we have entered for the second time, I believe it is, Jane, the New Zealand Podcast Awards, or is it the third time? Uh, for the Jandals, it's the second. Oh, Jandals, the second, second time. time. Right. Yeah. So Jandals in Japan has entered into the New Zealand Podcast Awards 2023 under the business category. I had a little look on the website for the New Zealand Podcast Awards. It's their third year running it, and they've reached an audience of over 15 million people in the last two years, apparently having hundreds of submissions from Kiwi podcasters. Well, we are in that 15 million and we are submitted this year. We want you to hear what we put together. Jane, yeah, tell we, us a bit more. A part of it is that you have to send in a 15 minute highlight reel of your show and you're only allowed to choose five episodes. So we just chose five fun or interesting moments from our most recent episodes. It has to be in the last year. So. It was hard to decide, wasn't it? Really, it took us a while to decide who do we put in there? What comments, what little gems do we want to put through as our submission? It was hard. Mm. So this is what we put together in the hopes of attracting the judges' attention and making the first, second or third. That would be really awesome. We were in the top five last year, weren't we? That was great. Yeah, Yeah, that was so exciting. So... Anyway, we thought it would be fun to share this with you, give you something to listen to, keep to tide you over until our next episode comes out. This is our out of office episode. Out of office. (laughs) Oh, 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 here we go. Yes. So we submitted and um, when do they actually choose the the finalists, Jane? The announcements will be made on the 30th of November, I believe, around there. Brilliant. So as well as us submitting our submission for the best business award our listeners here can vote for us independently can't they on the listeners choice vote and this is one where you can just simply submit jandals in japan a link to the jandals in japan podcast and that's it bingo you can then submit and then that's one more vote for you choosing jandals in japan as your best podcast that you love out of new zealand we call this out in New Zealand because we're New Zealanders, right? Well, it's made uh, by New Zealanders for New by Zealanders. By New Zealanders for New Zealanders. And that is open until, I believe, until the end of November as well. Okay. So, yeah, if you're listening to this, please look in the show notes. You'll find the link for the New Zealand Podcast Awards and how you can enter. It's very quick. It'll take you one to two minutes max. We hope you enjoy the, our submission and we'll be back again soon with a regular episode. Okay. See you later. Bye. Bye. What has made Japan one of Zespri's top markets? Mm. What's happening here? That's, okay. I mean, yeah. uh, we have a long history and uh, our biggest market is Europe and then Japan. That's it. Right. And then Europe is the, uh, more like a volume market, you know, where mm-hmm. they have the uh, the biggest volume. But uh, price is uh, um, less expensive compared to Japan. So that mm-hmm. Japan is the one that uh, what we call the premium market mm-hmm. among Zespri growers, mm-hmm. right? 
And then、uh, Zispri committed themselves to invest a lot to the、uh, Zozan market, especially Japanese market. You know, I'm going to talk about the marketing, for instance, and then they are spending a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, for their marketing. And then when it comes to the developing the distribution, you know,、mm-hmm. they are very patient and、uh, spend a lot of time and money and energy to develop the distribution. So right now, we achieve almost 100% of the supermarket distribution, which is、um, very, very difficult. Whoa, you know, 100%. Yeah, yes. But that's, that's why yeah, I could yeah. find your ruby red in my local Fukushima that's supermarket. Right, that's right. Zespri、yeah. yeah. in every supermarket. Yes, in, throughout the country. So,、mm. I, you know, my experience, I mean, it's really difficult for、yeah. a foreign company to、uh, achieve、um, you know, this level of the distribution. Yeah. Wow.、Mm. Amazing. That is incredible. Let's just soak that in. That is amazing that you can do、yeah. that. There wouldn't be many other products. No, I don't that see. That. Yeah, I don't see. You know, this、Ooh. is very, very rare.、Mm. Right. Yeah, of course, you know, the banana is available anywhere, but、yeah. uh, many,、yeah. many competitors, Dol, Del Monte, or yeah, yeah. Chiquita, you know,、mm-hmm. uh, Sumifu, and other players, right? But Zespri,、um, I mean, in terms of kiwi fruits,、um, so everybody thinks that the Zespri and kiwi fruits is Zespri, or Zespri is kiwi fruits, yeah? Yeah. Yeah.、Mm. yeah. So, what do you think is the key then for success and、yes. for Zespri in Japan? What is your key okay, to success? Okay. A couple of things, you know, successful factor is the, you know, the, I always think that the first of all is a product, amazing product produced in New Zealand, right? And、um, the taste is good. And then also the, the quality is very, very stable,、yeah. right? Also, the、uh, storage is the,、um, another key factor.、Mm-hmm. Uh, when you deal with fresh fruits, it's perishable.、Mm-hmm. But q、uh, u i fruits, you know, once a year we have harvest, but、uh, you can store the fruits in the、uh, you know, controlled environment that's the New Zealand storage, and then it lasts almost eight to、uh, nine months. That's why we can do some promotional activity with、uh, retailers. You know, retailers have some flyer, for instance, and then、uh, we can be list. You know, in a flyer because it's predictable or a TV commercial. You know,、uh, we can commit to the TV commercial two months you know, from now because the,、uh, you know, the supply is stable. Right. Wow.、Yeah. So,、um, product and supply side is really, really key、mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the,、uh, dealing with the fresh fruits. So, that's number one. Product. Yeah, that's <laughs> number one thing. And then the second thing is, I, I think that,、uh, you know, the distribution or in stores. Yeah. So, as I said, that,、uh, you know,、uh, in order to distribute the fruits to the uh, uh, as maximum, you know, consumers' touchy points, you know, which is retailers, right? And the other thing is, I separate the distribution is a quantity of the distribution and then quality of the distribution. And then、uh, quantity wise, 100%. But quality wise, how you can expand the shelf space or shelf location at the supermarket.、Mm-hmm. So that,、uh, you know, compared to the、uh, several years ago, our shelf space gets double or even triple, you know. <laughs> So、uh, that's,、yeah. and then also the、uh, location. location. You know, the banana、mm-hmm. occupies the front end before, but the, when it comes to the high season,、uh, which is May, June, July, the kiwi fruits is coming to the、uh, very front, you know, front、mm-hmm. line of the、uh, fruit、yeah. section. 
So uh, that's really key. Yep. When、mm. I walk in the door of my supermarket, I see、mm. always Zespri kiwi fruit. Oh, okay. I can see that so many sort of things that would work well together, and the Japanese would appreciate your long-term vision, your value of furusato, as they call it here in Japan. This, which is your hometown. Have you noticed that as well? Like people will always ask you, "Where are you from?" And they're always from somewhere. It might not be where they live, but they have their connection back to their hometown, and they're always going back there, every, like two or three times a year, to maintain their family graves and pay respects to their ancestors. So there's so many things that are similar. Is there anything that you were like, "Whoa, we are so similar, but also really different"?、Um, things that that popped up in your dealings with Japanese businesses.、Mm-hmm. I, I did wonder、um, because I wasn't, you know, too sure、uh, how they might perceive a woman, you know, like you know, coming to the meetings and you know, sort of being the boss. So I, I was very cognizant of that. So I said to my colleague,、mm. um, and who's Sashi Komabuchi? He he works with us at at Walker too. And I said to him, oh, you know, Sashi, Sashi San, you know, from a protocol perspective and coming into meetings and things like that, you know, what you know, what do we do? And he was quite clear, no, Mia San, you're the boss. <laughs> But you know, I think it's just it, you know I'm very respectful when I'm in other people's、um, you know places. We, we respect their protocols and how they want to conduct things, and so、um, so there was that aspect. And then of course, when you reciprocate and they come here, and then I'm having to say to say she, well, they, when they come here, they, their first、um, port of call will be to the marae because we have to welcome them into our they they're part of our family, so that's part of our tradition and protocols. So I would hope to think that. Well, I think we've been received well、mm. under their tradition, and, and to be fair, now customers taking us out. I think what you said, Jane. You know, I've been to different places around、um, Japan now, and、um, you know, visited you know really cultural, significant、um, spaces and places that they belong to. So when they, I think when they've come to us, and I take them around on the land, they get a feeling, and then I notice the next time I go back, oh, we used to might be meeting in the office, but now we're out. And I and I think that's been our point of difference. What I've noticed is we've been able to achieve a lot more quicker,、um, because of that value of manaki tanga, you know,、mm. of caring,、mm. of hosting, respect. You know, I think that's really、uh, I've noticed a massive difference just in terms of because people go, oh, it takes so much longer. How come you did that? You know, you got there, and I was like, oh, I'm not sure, but I think it's just again, it's、um, you know that 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 manaki tanga. Yeah, yeah, and、based. you probably heard that、mm. expressed as omotenashi in Japan,、mm. Mm. and there's that whole similarity and connection in those two words, I believe. What's Japan taught you about rugby and about you as a a leader? I think it's a hard one, but Japan has taught me about rugby. Is in Japan, rugby is not necessarily the number one thing, but what comes before rugby is. Is kaisha is is daigaku is the universities is so what's important and rugby is the second thing and、mm. and if you think about the company culture compared to back home it's about company you know so lots of challenges around getting players released from companies because they've got working commitments or this、mm. is to play for the national team or they've got、mm. rugby commitments in the company so what teaches me is 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 the as a coach or as a leader here is is if I don't understand that I'm just going to be butting heads with everybody you know and I'm not going to win that and that's a wee bit which I refer to as boiling the jug you know so、mm. 
it's been times where I've had to jump on a plane and fly somebody and, you know, and the Japanese face-to-face is powerful where, you know, we're, we're basically you're asking for permission to to get a player to to support and play for Japan. We're in New Zealand. It's a professional code. Uh, rugby is the number one. Mm. I'm not sure whether I answered your question, but that's, mm. the, that's the sort of thing that goes on here. You need to know when to pick what to do as a leader, right? Do I go to Japan and ask for this permission? Do I do I back back? You've got to analyze and sort of judge that in the situation. Well, I I, I just know that companies first, you know. So that's a cultural problem. Right. Can't be fixed by mm. by a rugby problem, you know. Mm-hmm. What comes right. first is kosher, you know. So mm. if, the, if the guys have got a commitment to to the company, doesn't matter right. what I, what I say. It's this is the way it is here. So. And, you know, we've been times where we've had a test match um, the following week and there's a pre-season game between two company teams and the players have to play the pre-season game, which means, you know, <laughs> before they come in representing Japan. Match. Oh, my goodness. So, right. yeah, year one, can't believe it. Frustrating. Mm. Year seven, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, adapt. Yep. Yeah. Adapt. Keep moving, you know. Don't get too frustrated. Because that affects your leadership, right? Well, it's, well, it's good you figured that out, right? Like some people would be still just trying like, to figure it out. Why is this, yeah, why yeah. Is this yeah. not working? Yeah. Why Keep trying it... pushing, right? There's mm. no point. Yeah, and yeah. and work, work with. I've got some really good Japanese colleagues that support me, so that's a that's probably a, a really key thing for me. So I talk about Brownie, but in behind Brownie and myself, there's there's some really important people. Mm. You notice that the Kaisha is number one, right? So you're not trying to change that system. You're you have to work with the system of Kaisha is number one, and I'm trying to get the best team for Japan together. But Kaisha is number one, so yeah. how am I going to do that? So you, that's you're boiling the jug, right? Rather than boiling the ocean, which is trying that's to right. yeah. yeah, like yeah. why is Kaisha number one? Why isn't the national team number one as it would be in my own country? Correct, right? Correct. Yeah, Correct. yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you start there, then everything starts to make a little bit more sense. Your greatest learning, do you think, from Japan? Probably the the biggest thing is that Yamabushi philosophy of uketamo. Mm. Um, and so just I accept. And so it's not just like um, your master tells you to do something, you accept and you do it. It's Well, there's part of that, but it's it's much deeper. Like, for example... So we've been up Mount Gasan when it's been there's been a thunderstorm. There is actually like a thunderstorm while we're walking. So I've been above the clouds and seen lightning. Oh, looking down on L- the lightning down. happening, yeah. right? Oh, my goodness. Um, that's, that's always scary. But like uh, you kind of just more. Just trust, <laughs> you're just like, right? Your trust. Yeah. It's kind of exactly. like a trust. a trust between you and this master person, right? That he's well, going to yeah, look out yeah. for you. Yeah. And he's got what he's doing is in your best interest, yes. and you're going to do yeah. your best to support, follow along, right? Yeah. And yeah. this is what happens in Japanese companies. This is like every day of the yeah. week, people are you like, kind of, kind of go off the floor. Um, please move your entire family to Sweden. You know, like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we see that a lot. Whereas for a New Zealander, it's like, hang on a minute, my I would like to use Me. my personal decision-making skills here to decide yeah. about myself. Yeah. And it really does rub up against this Japanese it culture does. of it does. I accept and yeah. just go along going. It looks like going with the flow, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, there is like a, be? yeah, there, there isn't like, there is a certain extent that it's, I think it's okay to say no, but in general, just 
accepting things that have happened and, and moving forward. So what's some things that have surprised you about actually being in business for yourself in Japan as opposed to just sort of working in Japan? Some things are made extremely difficult and some things are extremely easy. For example, uh, adventure tourism in New Zealand is highly regulated um, in terms of qualifications, resource consent, and these sort of mm. these sort of things. There's none of that in Japan. Zero. No. So you guys could go out tomorrow and start a rafting company. No worries. <laughs> no way. You have to compete yeah. with you, Mike. Uh, Here you go. Game on. Let's go. <laughs> Watch out. Jandals in Japan rafting. Is that <laughs> right? Because that was what we were going to ask you was the, the regulatory stuff you must have gone through. But wow, yeah, that's you know, interesting. Yeah, and that was something that we we really want the regulation because mm. it, it's sort of a little bit of a barrier to entry, you know. So every Tom, Dick, and Joe Tanaka can't sort of uh, just just set up a company, which is sort of the the situation in Japan. There's 200 rafting companies in Japan now, um, mm. which is an insane amount. And of those ones that will be on international standards, would probably be something around 10 to 15. And that's quite a shock when you tell people from outside Japan because they have this image that Japan is so highly regulated, it's very, very difficult to do anything. And with some industries, for sure, but adventure tourism is very, very new in Japan. There's no permission system for doing things in national parks. So you can just go in and really sort of, as long as you're not cutting down trees or just, you know, destroying anything, you can pretty much do what you want. So once again, that's not a good system at all as well. But I mean, at the start, you know, as I said, when I was, you know, 20, 21 years old, it's just like, I just want to sit on the back of a raft and talk to chicks and drink beer and have barbecues. But as you, as you progress, you know, um, through the industry, you learn more and, you, you know, you get that deeper connection with nature and you start to think more about why do you do this? Thanks for listening. Make sure you check out our guests' links in the show notes. This podcast is brought to you today by Catherine O'Connell-Law and Pod Launch with Jane. If you have a great story you think should be on the show, come and find us on LinkedIn or Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. See you next time. Mata ne!